Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network is engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. And happy Friday to everybody. My name is Carl, the co-host of the Sober Podcast, and I want to thank everybody for taking the time and listening today. On today's show, we have Brett Morris from the Recovery Survey Podcast and also the Recovery Revolution Live show that he and I co-host together. So we're going to be talking to Brett about what it is for him to stay sober today, how he got into the podcasting gig, and what his life is like now that he has found recovery and long-term sobriety. So Brett, brother, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So yeah, man, it was it was really good to have you on the show. And uh, you know, yesterday was St. Patty's Day, and uh, we did our live show yesterday, and you know, we, we just had a really good time. So uh, what is it like for you now that, you know, usually St. Patty's Day for me was like this big kind of thing where I would go out and I would go out with the roommates and, and hit bars and stuff. What are what are those type of holidays like for you now? Do you did, does it even really phase you? <laughs> no, it doesn't really phase me. I honestly, I kind of forgot that it was St. Patrick's Day, and I, I woke up, and my wife pinched me, and I was like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "It's St. Patrick's Day. You're not wearing green." I'm like, "Well, I haven't even gotten dressed yet," uh, but I'd forgotten all about it, man. But I, I was the same way. Like I, that was always a, a good excuse to get day drunk. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, man. You know, I've I have like some of the most like weird like shenanigans that would happen to me on the um saint patty's day i was working at this mortuary in san francisco and we went so we started i think we started drinking at like 3 30 in the afternoon <laughs> afternoon and the neighborhood that i lived in in the city at that time we had it was like all irish pubs around us so we had maybe like eight bars that we could hit all within walking distance so that was great because we didn't have to take a cab or rely on public transportation and so we walked and so by 7.30, we got back, and, and all I remember is my my coworker slash roommate standing over me with the phone talking to, to our boss, and he was like, yeah, man, I don't think Carl's going to make it in, and, and I'm laying on the bathroom floor, <laughs> and he hands me the phone, and he's like, is there anything you would like to add to that comment to your boss, Eric? And he puts the phone in my face, and then I threw up in the toilet. So, um, yeah, so for me, St. Patty's Day... Uh, was always an excuse to kind of like go out and do things. But, you know, now it's like, man, I, I just want to make sure I'm wearing green so nobody will pinch me because I'm very sensitive, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. It doesn't, the, the day doesn't really mean a whole lot to me anymore. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I, I kind of forgot that it was coming up. <laughs> well, uh, very nice of you to include green in your background for us today. 
Uh, so I appreciate the uh, the color combination you got going on behind you. Thanks, man. It was not intentional. It was not intentional. Okay. So... <laughs> So anyways, well, people, if you are just joining us uh, and maybe this is your first time listening to the uh, Sober Podcast, welcome. We are part of the Soberverse and we are connected to the Sober Network. So if you would like more information about those, uh, we have websites that will be listed in the show notes below. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you would like to give us a, uh, a rating, it, depending on which type of app you're on, please go down to the bottom, scroll down and give us a rating that will help other people find shows like the sober podcast and the other um, podcasts that Brett and I work on. And that way we can help spread the word about recovery and help people that might be struggling with addiction or sobriety. And, you know, podcasting is a great way to, to get that message out to a larger audience. So Brett, what does it mean for you to be sober today? Hmm. That's a good question, man. I, I like that question a whole lot. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's kind of changed over time for me. You know, in the beginning, it was just putting down the drugs and the alcohol. And today, you know, I, I've I've been blessed with not having that desire to use or drink anymore. So today for me, it's taking care of the, the other aspects of my life. I was talking with uh, Jason Rudine from the way out podcast. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how, uh, you know, he was saying he had gone, he had just celebrated two weeks without cigarettes. And wow. then we were talking about, you know, the different vices and the different habits that we have in our lives today. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've been running around kind of crazy today on my day off from work. And um, I had a little bit of a honey do list that I've been working mm -hmm. on. And then I was recording with Jason before this episode and, uh, you know, I ran down the street and grabbed some McDonald's for lunch. And, you know, we were, we were kind of joking before we started recording cause I hadn't finished eating. And I was like, you know, I, I, I have bad habits too. You know, I, yeah. I, eat, I, I eat fast food. Like there are still areas of my life that could use improving. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's kind of what it looks like today with a little over seven years is I'm trying to, to improve in other areas of my life, mm -hmm. not to say that it's not important to keep a focus on the drugs and the alcohol, because I know that I'm, I'm one choice away from going back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm focused on other areas of my life and improving in those ways, you know, trying to grow spiritually and improve in that area. Cause that was a, an area that I struggled with in the beginning of my recovery was, you know, I didn't want anything to do with, with higher power, God, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's been an area that I've seen some growth and that I've been trying to focus on a little bit more and just, you know, trying to figure out how to balance my life. You know, I have a, I, I have a baby, I have a, a newer, I say newer, I've been at my, my current job for nine months now, mm -hmm. you know, the wife and I just got a house a few months ago. So it's, kind of finding that balance that work and personal life and and hobbies like podcasting and just kind of finding what works for me and so i'm still kind of in a spot of figuring out that balance yeah man you know and balance is so important too because i remember like early in recovery for me um balancing 
like I was working like two jobs. I was going to school and I was doing um, like I had one or two service commitments within, uh, you know, the 12 step community. And then also trying to figure out how I'm going to make all of this work in my life and not stress the heck out either, because, you know, I stress out pretty easily. I, I might not seem like it. You and I have been friends for a while now, but you know, I stress out pretty easily and, and all the tools that I've learned in recovery and everything have really helped me try to like harmonize um, you know, myself and my surroundings and make the area that I um cohabitate in and where I work to try to make all of this kind of balance for me. So what was like the hardest thing maybe for you to learn how to balance uh, when you first came into recovery? Mm. Hardest thing to learn how to balance. Um, I would, I think I would have to go with my emotions mm. because I had suppressed those for so long. And then all of a sudden, all these emotions are, are flooding back in yeah. and I haven't felt those emotions in so many years and I don't really know what, to do with them you know that was part of the reason that i used is i didn't want to face those feelings mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden i'm in this position where i have all these feelings and you know i hadn't really gotten too far into the step working process so i was still feeling feeling a lot of shame and guilt and regret and all these things and then at the same time like i have legal proceedings mm -hmm. going on so i have like stress and anxiety around that like what's going to yeah. happen and, uh, you know, am I going to go back to jail? You know, how long am I going to be on probation for? How mm -hmm. much money am I going to have to pay? You know, I, I lost my job, like all these different things all at once. And it was a little bit overwhelming. So that, that's my answer for that question. Yeah, man. You know, that's I, I can relate to that so much because, you know, I don't know if you were like me, but like in early recovery, dude, my feelings were like a floodgate of emotions. And, you know, I make jokes about it, but it was actually true. I cried during like the tissue commercials. And I don't know if that was like brilliant marketing on their end or if it was just because what I was seeing on the screen was, you know, very emotional for me. And, you know, our emotions are so raw when we come into recovery that it just kind of let go. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, damn, they're really selling the crap out of this Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely feels like our emotions are almost heightened, mm -hmm. especially in those early days, man. I, I agree. Like, I, I don't I couldn't remember the last time I had cried. And then in that first probably like six yeah. weeks, it was like it was just up and down, man. It was like sad. And then. Mm -hmm anger and just like all these different emotions and it was just like up and down up and down and it was it was not fun yeah man it, you know and but but once we've learned how to balance all of that and we've learned that our emotions aren't scary anymore they're just part of being human that you know it really allows us to take more in in our lives. So tell us how has your life improved now that you've been in sobriety? What else have you been able to include in your life now that you can um, kind of add that to your balancing act? Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like I kind of touched on it a little bit already, but mm -hmm. you know, today I, I, uh, I have a wife, I have a daughter, yeah. I have a house, I That's have amazing. a career. Like these are all things that weren't possible when I was using because yeah. I just, I didn't, 
I didn't know how to take responsibility for things. You know, when I was using the jobs that I had were always jobs that if I lost that job, I could go down the street to a different restaurant and I could get the same job, Mm -hmm. you know, just change, change my shirt and I could, I could step right in and and do that job. You know, today I'm in a, in a career that actually takes some training and some, I mean, it's, it's an intense job and there's a lot to it and, it's not one of those things where they can just hire the next guy and, and fill your spot. Um, you know, and I was able to get to a place where I could, where I could maintain a relationship, you know, before mm-hmm. I found recovery, uh, you know, I, I never really had any kind of long-term romantic relationship because I was so focused on myself, so self-centered and didn't really put in the effort to, to keep someone around, um, mm-hmm. because I didn't really care. You know, I was just so focused on what I want and figuring out how to, how to fill those desires, you know, whatever that would take. And most of the time it was drugs and alcohol. And, you know, if you weren't helping me stay high or get high or whatever, like I didn't have time mm-hmm. for you. And, and it took a little while in recovery before I was at a point where I was ready to be in a relationship. You know, there's that suggestion of like, no, no romantic relationships in the first year. Don't make Mm -hmm. any uh, big life decisions in the first year. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. And you know, if I had tried to get into a relationship in that first year, well, I don't, (laughs) I should take that back. Yeah. I did get in a relationship at that first year <laughs> and it was not a very good one. Yeah. It wasn't a very healthy one. Um, so I can see why they make that suggestion. Right. Uh, Cause I wasn't at a point where anybody, where I, where I had any business being in a relationship. I didn't mm-hmm. have anything to bring to the table in that relationship, but you know, through recovery, I've been able to learn more about myself and, and, you know, I can still be selfish and self-centered, but, it's not as much as it was at one point, you know, and I'm aware of when I'm acting out on those mm-hmm. character defects, you know, and, and just the benefits of that. And, you know, like I said, we now have a, a beautiful one-year-old daughter. Um, you know, our, my life has just changed in so many ways that I never imagined were possible. You know, I never imagined that I would live to be in my thirties. I never planned on getting married. I never yeah. planned on having kids. I never worried about, trying to move up in the corporate ladder and get a job with a 401k mm-hmm. and health insurance and like all that kind of stuff. Cause I, all I was focused on was the next high or the yeah. next drunk. And I didn't really care about the future and had no plans to be around for any real length of time. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So it, it sounds like, you know, uh, things, things are really going well for you, man. You mentioned you have a house, you have a beautiful family, your daughter and your wife. Um, I've gotten to know them a little bit, uh, since you and I have known each other. Um, you work on, uh, you, you have, you have a great job. Um, I know your job is a little bit stressful for, for you at times, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah 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 i called you on tuesday and I, <laughs> it was not it was not my best day at work. no um i was i was under a little bit of stress and there was um definitely some strong language involved in that <laughs> phone call and i was at the point where i was about to tell my boss to come get my truck because i was just yeah. fed up um and you know what then the, i went into work the next day and it was a good day and yeah man like, you know i think i might have overreacted Slightly. so there are still moments <laughs> there are still moments where that emotional balance is not yeah quite locked in you know i still have a few, i still have moments where i struggle 
Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's that balancing act that we really need to learn how to perfect, but it's also learning to identify the areas that we are um, starting to feel that pressure or those emotions coming in with, and then how we react to those. So when you got sober, what was that feeling and that, that journey like for you um, kind of realizing that you had a problem with, with alcohol and drugs? Mm, mm, that's a good question. So like I, like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, um, there was a point in my life where I was facing some legal trouble and, uh, I ended up on probation for a DWI. And one of the stipulations of that probation was that I attend 12 step meetings. And that was what first introduced me to the rooms, Mm. but I wasn't at the point where I was ready to stop when I was first introduced to recovery. I still had those illusions that somehow I could use or drink successfully. You know, Mm -hmm. I still had those, those thoughts of, you know, wrong place, wrong time, which is absolutely insane because part of my story is that I blacked out drunk while I was driving. I hit, three parked cars Mm -hmm. and then ran into someone's house. So I don't really know how that's the wrong place and wrong time. Yeah, You know, that's, that's kind of insanity. Uh, but I, I still wasn't convinced that I couldn't find some, some formula, some Mm -hmm. perfect mixture, you know, whatever it is. And that, that I could find that and be able to use successfully. Um, but, like I said, I had to go to those meetings and I had to get my paper signed and I wasn't smart enough to realize that it's an anonymous fellowship and I could just scribble something on the page and they wouldn't be able to verify it. So I kept going to those meetings and I'm grateful for that because eventually some of the things that I hear in the room, some of those cliches started to sink in. And then, you know, about two years into that journey, um, I can't remember how, I think I was on probation for three years. If I remember correctly, it's been almost 10 years now. It's kind of, <laughs> it's a little, a little fuzzy on the yeah. details. Um, but about two years into that journey, um, of me going to meetings and, you know, I was still drinking not as heavily as before cause I was on probation and I didn't mm-hmm. want to get in too much more trouble, but I was still drinking. I was still smoking weed a little bit here and there. I was still kind of dabbling. Yeah in that lifestyle, I had one foot in recovery and one foot in using. Um, and so about two years into that process, um, I had a guy that I had gotten close with in the rooms and, uh, and he pulled me aside one night after the meeting. Cause usually after the meeting, everybody goes outside and smokes and talks and all that. And so it was that part of the night where the meeting was over and, um, you know, we were all kind of grouped up in our own little social circles Mm -hmm. and like he pulled me aside and, and, and he looked me dead in the eyes and it, like he had his hands on my shoulders and was like, you know, pulled me in close and yeah. it was one, like really intense. And he's like, if you keep living the way that you're living, you're going to die. He said, you need wow. to, you need to commit to recovery or you need to commit to using. You can't, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. He's right. like, it's one or the other. And he said, I love you too much to watch you do this to yourself. And that was just kind of that rude awakening that I needed. Uh, and, and I think because of the, the seeds of recovery that had been planted of going to those meetings mm-hmm. for so long, and then, you know, having that moment where someone demonstrated to me that they cared and that I mattered and, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I felt seen by someone else. Like yeah. that was, that was 
just enough to like tip me over the edge and you know it was like okay i'm gonna give this thing a try and i didn't commit to i'm gonna be sober for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. but i think i told him i can't remember what i said but i think i told him all right i'll give this thing a shot for six months like i'll go six months nothing not a sip of alcohol not a joint not nothing like absolutely nothing um and that six months has now turned into a little over seven years and i haven't looked back wow that's great man well uh we're gonna hang tight really quick we're gonna cut to a commercial um from our uh, sponsor the sober network so hang tight brett and we'll be back in 30 seconds the sober podcast is now part of the Soberverse. It is another innovative solution developed by the Sober Network. The Sober Podcast is giving a voice to recovery. For more information about this and all the other parts of the Soberverse, visit us at thesoberverse.com, thesobernetwork.com, sober.com, sobersystems.com, soberpodcast.com, sobercoin.io, and recoverycoaches.com. All right, and we are back. Thank you very much for hanging tight. And that was our sponsor from the Sober Network. And if you guys would like more information about that, again, we are going to have all of those links posted in the show notes below. So you guys can click on those and check out the various uh, sites and communities that the Soberverse is providing for us, including that Sober Coin, which is going to be awesome. Uh, We're in the final stages of kind of getting that ready. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. We have a lot of lot more great stuff coming up from you from the Soberverse. So Brett, you were talking about um, having one foot in and, and kind of one foot out with your, your recovery, but then also you were kind of having those ties left to your addiction. So during that time, were you just going to meetings or were you also in treatment doing that? Or had you completed treatment? Where, where were you at in your life then? No, I, I have never been to treatment. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually, I had moved back in with my parents, Nice, which was uh, a little bit humbling to do in my twenties. Um, you know, I, I had moved out at 18 and thought I was ready to take on the world and you know i got arrested and then had probation and you know dwis are pretty expensive i think it cost me like ten thousand dollars in total um and i had lost my job in the process of that dwi so i was unemployed and had uh, a good amount of debt that i had to pay off and and i can't remember the exact amount but i think i had to pay like a quarter of that up front or i would go back to jail so my parents loaned me a little bit of money and let me move back into their house. And so I was living back at home with mom and dad as a 20, I think I was 22 by the time all that took place. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit of a a humbling experience. Yeah. You know, that, that humility really can, um, man, that's, it's just so like, I, I don't even know how to explain humility now except that it keeps your recovery real for you. <laughs> like when, when I have those moments where I need to get humble with something, like 
for me, it takes like a little bit of like kind of coaxing from my inner voice to be like, okay, you need to like humble yourself. You're not all that in a bag of chips. Um, but it's, it's becoming more and more where I'm not putting myself up on, on a pedestal or I'm not saying, well, you know, I need to have that humility. Um, I, I don't know why that is, but do, do you ever feel that way now where like you, you don't feel maybe like you're having to like bring yourself back down a little bit, you know, as much anymore? Mm. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I mean, there's definitely moments where I can find myself being cocky or arrogant and, mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure why I get that way. I, I felt that way a lot in the beginning of my recovery. Yeah. And I, I feel like I talked about it a lot of like that, that oxymoron mm-hmm. of like feeling like I knew everything and feeling like such a great person. And at the yeah. same time, like hating myself and feeling like a piece of trash. Um, and so that was kind of a weird, uh, weird place to be at. Um, I don't think I, I get that way as much today as I did when I was using, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely still some, some moments where I have to remind myself that I need to stay humble and stay in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm going to say a phrase to you and I, I want you to tell me what it resonates with you, what your first reaction to it is. And when you hear somebody in recovery say, I've got this, <laughs> how, how do you feel about that man oh man yeah that's that's definitely some some ego and, and some cockiness right there man yeah um i was i was listening to a podcast yesterday um the uh chasing heroin podcast great podcast by the way it's mm. a uh, another recovery show and they were interviewing a guy <clears throat> And they were talking about one of the signs that's up in a lot of, uh, a lot of meeting halls Mm -hmm. that says, think, think, think. And he explained, or he said that his sponsor explained it to him because he had asked why, why does it say think, think, think three times in a row? Mm -hmm. Like it's redundant. I don't get it. And his sponsor told him that's because the first thought you think is wrong. The second thought you think is wrong. And the third thought you think may be wrong. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think if people have that attitude of I got this, um, that's not a great place to be. You, I, in my opinion, you're probably yeah. not practicing open mindedness. Um, you know, my first my very first sponsor had me write in on the very first page of my book and the very last page of the book. On the first page, I wrote, I know nothing. And then on the last page, mm-hmm. he had me write, I still know nothing. <laughs> that's great, man. I'm going to have to do that on my book. I, that's, that's, I, I like that. I know nothing and I still know nothing. Man, that, that brings that, that humility back around to us where we need to stay humble and need to keep that open mind and we need to keep that thought process going. Like, what can I learn from somebody today? You know, and I've even learned that a lot of times, man, I, I learn things from, from newcomers even, you know, and that, that goes against some of the stuff that my predecessors have said to me, like, you know, where I've heard stories where people have said, well, you know, if you're a newcomer, come in, sit down and shut the fuck up. But, you know, but now, you know, I've, I've learned that, you know, even the newcomer has something that will be beneficial for somebody to hear. 
And yeah, it, yeah, for sure. it might not be me, but maybe it's the person next to me that hears that story that needs to hear that struggle. Or maybe it's that old, old long timer, you know, the dinosaur sitting next to me on the other side. And maybe they need to hear that too, because they've forgotten about what the struggle was like because they've been in recovery and sobriety for so long. So yeah, really interesting concepts, man. Well, Brett, you know, uh, we're getting down to the end of the show and I want to do some rapid fire questions with you, brother. So we're going to start them up right now. And I have some new ones that you haven't answered yet. Oh, no. So, yeah, I know. This is going to be awesome. All right. So these are would you rather questions. Again, <laughs> would you rather. All right. Would you rather have the ability to fly or speak any language? Speak any language. Speak any language. Okay. Would you rather be the strongest man on earth or the smartest man on earth? Ooh, that's a good question. Both are very valid. Um, let's go with smartest. Okay. The smartest man on earth. You heard it here, folks. Brett Morris, smartest man on earth. No ego. All right. Would you rather lose your sense of taste or sight? Oh, oh, that's a tough one because I like eating and I also like watching TV and doing mm, stuff with my eyes. Yeah, oh, that's a tough one, man. Um, uh, I'm going to go with taste because I need to be able to like drive and do things. Okay. Okay. All right. That's a tough one. All right. Would you rather follow your dreams or become wealthy? Follow my dreams. Follow your dreams. That's right, man. Would you rather work for the best boss or be your own boss? Be my own boss. Be your own boss. All right. Would you rather be hairy or completely bald? Uh, if they're if they're just listening, they can't see what I look like. But if they're watching the video, I think yeah. this one kind of answers itself. Uh, hairy. Okay. All right. Would you rather eat healthier or exercise daily? Neither. Neither. Ah, the third <laughs> the third option there. These are rather would neither questions. <laughs> All right. Um, would you rather meet the girl of your dreams or 10 years? Oh, in 10 years. Or meet 10 girls now. Oh, wait, you're married. I'm married, so I'm already married. Okay, that's not going to apply. Sorry to Brett's wife. So, okay. Would you rather live alone or with roommates? Now, let's go back to when you weren't married. <laughs> I was going to say, I kind of have roommates. It's yeah. My wife and my daughter. Right. Um, that's a good question. I never, I actually, I never lived alone, so I don't know. You never lived alone? Well, no, there was a really brief period of time. I lived alone for a few months. Okay. Um, roommates. Okay. All right. And the last question for us, would you rather spend a month without Instagram or Facebook? Facebook. No Facebook. Facebook. No Facebook. Facebook is definitely, I'm definitely more of an Instagram kind of guy. All right. More of an Instagram kind of guy. Well, excellent, man. So Brett, you um, are the host of the recovery survey podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the recovery survey podcast and where people can go to find your show and how they can get a hold of you, man. Sure, man. I started the recovery survey podcast back in April of 2020. I had to think I was like, is that 2019 or 2020, 2020. Um, it was just before the pandemic really kicked into full gear and we went on lockdown and all that fun stuff. And, um, 
you know, it, it's kind of similar to this show. It's, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a shorter show. I usually go for 30 minute episodes, give or take. Yeah. Uh, and I try to have a wide variety of, of guests on the show. I have recovery authors, uh, fellow recovery podcasters and, you know, just some everyday people. Um, the most recent episode that I had, uh, that came out a couple days ago, mm-hmm. uh, was a lady that's coming up on nine months sober. And, you know, like we were talking about before, um, the amount of time you have doesn't really doesn't mean that you can't say say something that's going to help somebody else. You know, she was yeah. dropping all kinds of little nuggets throughout the episode. That's great. Man. I was kind of blown away by that. Um, so yeah, I've done I've been doing that show for almost two years now. Um, mm-hmm. A little over a hundred episodes into the show, and it's been a really fun journey, man. I uh, I don't have any kind of broadcasting background or any. Mm-hmm anything like that. Um, I, I did do some live audio stuff, um, in the past, um, as far as like mixing and stuff, uh, mostly like bands and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a little bit of, of knowledge in the audio side of things, but mm-hmm. I was never the one in front of the mic. I was always the one yeah. at the, at the, at the desk moving mm-hmm. the, moving the buttons. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of, I don't know. I feel like I've had this question asked of me several times. Like, mm-hmm. why did I start the podcast? And I don't really have a, a really definitive answer. I just had mm-hmm. this feeling um, that I equate to my higher power, uh, just telling me that I needed to do it. Yeah. And, um, and it seemed like it was the perfect time, you know, when, when things kind of unfolded mm-hmm. with COVID and the way that it just kind of happened, it was almost like my higher power was telling me like, this is why I wanted you to, to start this, yeah. you know, cause I had done the research and started ordering some basic equipment and you know, just piecing stuff together and doing some trials and, and then just the way that it rolled out, you know, I was ready to go when COVID happened and I just haven't stopped since then. <laughs> Yeah, man. And that's, that's so great. And, you know, and it's, it's been a real pleasure working with you on the, uh, recovery survey pot or the recovery revolution podcast. And it's been awesome listening to your episodes. Uh, so your episodes air on what day? Uh, they come out on Wednesday mornings. on Wednesday mornings. Okay. And where can they go to find your episodes? Anywhere you can find a podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon podcast, uh, Pandora, mm-hmm. uh, you can, you can tell your Alexa to play recovery survey podcast and they'll start playing the most recent episode. Yeah. Uh, literally anywhere you can, I mean, I'm on all kinds of obscure players that I can't even think of the names of mm-hmm. like if, if, if they have podcasts, my podcast is there. Okay. Excellent. So uh, if you guys would like more information about Brett's podcast, we will have the information in the show notes below. And again, his podcast is called the Recovery Survey Podcast. And I want to thank Brett for coming on to the show today. Brett, do you have any final shout outs that you would like to um, put on the air for us today, man? Oh, good one. Good one. I would love to shout out my co-hosts over at the Recovery Revolution Live, which we do on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have myself, Mr. Carl Fessenden, who's the other man you've been hearing on the microphone, and the lovely Ashley Grimes, and occasionally J.R. Weaver, the founder of, not the founder, oh, yeah, the founder of the Recovery Revolution Facebook page and the author of the Addiction Manifesto. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the show oh, yeah. today. I should probably I should probably shout out my wife and daughter yeah. as well. Yeah, you should, man. Give I them was, a I shout was out. Just in, I was in podcast mode. You were. You were thinking brother. about everything else. I got I got a picture of my wife right here on my desk. And <laughs> there's a picture of me and my daughter in the background behind me. Yeah. So shout out to my wife Chrissy and my daughter Rin. You probably heard Rin a few times in the background of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I love your daughter, man. She's she's just so like she's she's, she's getting wild. dude. She's getting so big, man. It's huge now. You're telling me, dude. So, yeah, yeah. All right, brother. Well, again, uh, everybody, thank you very much for listening to the Sober Podcast. And we hope that you guys will join us again next week for a episode based on recovery and sobriety. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sober Podcast. We hope it has been as good for you as it was for us. Please share our show with all of your friends, family, acquaintances, and future encounters so that we can grow our show and make our mission a larger reality. We have a growing social media presence on all platforms, so find us and like us, especially Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are listed on all the major podcast directories, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Thank you all who make this show happen. How we are host, carry our producer, and our sponsor, The Sober Network. 